Hello and welcome back to SpinalCast, uh, where your window into the world of spinal cord injury. Joining me today um, as our wonderful guest is Brian Reich. Uh, Brian is part owner and project manager at R&R Insurance, as well as being president of the Brian Reich Paralysis Foundation. Um, and Brian, we're we're excited to have you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I feel uh, blessed to be here. This is outstanding. I'm, I'm excited to get started and uh um really honored just to be on the on the show to get us kind of started would you uh be willing to kind of let us let us hear your your story of of what happened and how how did you get injured yeah you know i was uh 19 i was a freshman at marquette university and um you know i was having an absolute great time uh <laughs> just uh you know, Good. the prime of my life, I, you know, I didn't think anything would ever happen to me. Um, great, uh, great shape, all that ever fun. And I was actually at a party and um, we were diving on a slip and slide. And when I dove on the slip and slide, uh, my hands literally slipped out from in front of me and I hit my chin and it threw my neck back really hard. And uh, my C5 vertebrae went over the top of my C6 or vice versa. Oh. And just put a, uh, you know, bruised it. So, you know, if you look down, you count down five things, you look at my spinal cord in an x-ray, um, you'd see that one one part of it is just um, black. But, I mean, I, I remember uh, diving that slip and slide and, you know, thinking like, uh, you know, not being able to move all of a sudden. And, you know, I think, all right, wait, it will come back again. You know, I'll be able to move. I'll wait and then it come back, and then I started feeling like this ring of fire. You know, they call it sometimes around yeah. the level of your injury. Like literally, you know, being C five, it was like right around my lower chest moving here. And um, somebody immediately, somebody said, you know, oh, you get up, you're fine. And somebody grabbed my arm and pulled me a little bit. Uh, I said, no, I can't move. You know, and oh my gosh, I remember being conscious through the whole thing, and. Um, there was some nursing students there that ended up taking, you know, help me get me straight or whatever. Took took control of it. Um, I remember them calling nine one one. Me talking to the people on nine one one. I remember calling my mom uh, before the ambulance ever got there um, and telling my mom, "Hey, mom, I'm not sure what happened. I can't move." Um, and me being a Marquette, I lived. I'm a local guy, so you know, I've always lived in Waukesha, which is a suburb of uh, Milwaukee for years and uh, my mom immediately freaked out and she said I'll be down there you know I'm coming I'm coming what yeah she, she wasn't sure what actually exactly happened but um, after that point the ambulance came and it was it was really just a it was like a whirlwind you know had you had any sort of uh, I wouldn't say experience but had you seen or heard any other stories of people with spinal cord injuries did you have any idea what you were getting into when you when you ended up with the injury or was it all just you know learning as you go it was uh well okay so i mean at the time christopher reeves was the was the man you know superman um and of yeah. course of course i knew about christopher reeves and uh you know i knew he was doing amazing things but besides that no, I, 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 you know, I really didn't know exactly what I was getting into. Um, I, I knew, um, 
you know, Travis Roy was around that time too. I don't know if you rec- recognize that name or not, but he's done a lot yeah. of research as well. Travis Roy Foundation. You know, he was a college college player, ice hockey player that broke his neck uh, playing, right. playing hockey. Um, but other than that, no, I really, um, I really didn't. Um, I was. This is a whole new game for me, and uh, I guess I was learning. I was learning fast and furious on what being a what it meant to being a C five quadriplegic and. You know, it's what's amazing is it's not just it's not just uh, yourself that's learning; it's your whole family and community and totally. neighborhood. It's like it's like it, it just affects so many more people than just yourself. Which is which at the time you're always so introverted, and what's happening to me? It's like what's happening to everybody else too at the same time, which is 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 pretty crazy. When you think about it. Well, in talking with other. Um people who have experienced injuries, I, I think kind of one of the common things I hear is that right after the injury, kind of that first, you know, you said you were in the hospital for three months or so, um, you know, spending that much time in a hospital and that much time alone. Um, I think a lot of people kind of go to a really dark place and, um, were you always as optimistic and charismatic and friendly as you are now, or was there a point in time in which it was tough? Uh, well, I, it's always tough. I mean, even now, I mean, there's, there's, there's times where it, it, it sucks, you know, but, um, totally, uh, you, you've gotten used to, I, I've gotten used to it by now. You know, I, I gotten used to suck. There's certain sucks that are great. And there's certain sucks that aren't so great, but you know, it still sucks. But, uh, yeah. um, you know, when I was injured, I was, uh, I, I was a really highly motivated individual. I, um, I, I was very goal orientated. I look at challenges and I, I'd want to overcome them. Um, and I am, obviously I was, I was devastated. Don't get me wrong. I was completely devastated. Um, right. But, um, I immediately kind of turned into a game in my head. Like, okay, this is, this is what I'm dealt right away. This is how I'm going to beat it. This is how it's going to, this is how it's going to go. Um, and I took my look at therapy. That's how I looked at therapy. That's how I looked at everything. It's like, this is a challenge. You can get through it. You know, we'll figure it out. You'll, you know, you get this going. Um, yeah. Did I have, did I have my nights of crying and being in the dark spot? Woe's me. I did. I mean, there are nights I, I did, but I have to say the, the, the people that I had around me at that time, um, some of my physical therapists, some of my friends, and of course my family. And, um, you know, I had some great, uh, people from, you know, Marquette, some great, made some great friends, great priests that came in, um, you know, that talked to me and things like that. And, you know, everything happens for a reason, I guess. And, uh, this was put my, this is what, this is what my life was been dealt. And this is where I'm going to have to go. Um, so yeah. So you mentioned getting back to school. So how long from the injury until you got to go back to classes in, at Marquette? So I was injured. It's the April 25th. Uh, so that was just right at the end of my freshman year. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I got out of my exams, really. You know, was, I mean, I think I had like a week and a half. Did left you get all those credits? Did I you got get all, all the credits. credits. They gave all me right. the credits, believe it or not. Thank God they gave me the credits. 
But uh, and I didn't have to do the final exam, so they passed me. And believe it or not, I was on the <laughs> dean's list. I don't know how that happened, but I I made the dean's list. Um, That's awesome. I know. So I basically spent, you know, like April. I was I was in the hospital all summer, and uh, I came back that next semester, that fall semester. And wow. gr- granted, I was only I lived a half an hour away, but um, I had a uh, couple people that um, worked with me um, that I drove down. They drove drove me down to Marquette once a day that first semester to take Spanish. I took one cl- class of Spanish, uh, three uh, three credits, or whatever. Um, yeah, don't know why I took Spanish. No idea. <laughs> so you're not fluent, is what no, you're saying? I should be. I think I have my equivalency, but I, I mean, I was sitting there in the class as a quadriplegic, not be able to take notes, you know, for the first time, and uh, thinking to myself, yeah, I'm not retaining this very well, but abla hola, I, I was good, but I mean, <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I, I, it was, it was some of the best therapy that you could go through from a mental standpoint. I mean, to, for me to get back down on campus, to be around friends, to yeah. start like saying, oh yeah, I can do something with my life again. I'm just not going to be stuck at home. Um, totally. I'm learning. That was, that was the key. It didn't really matter that it was Spanish. It just mattered that I was out there learning something. And learning how to learn again, you know, like you mm-hmm. hear about certain people with injuries or some people that, you know, they go, they go blind. Well, all of a sudden their hearing becomes better. Well, it's like I lost the use of my, my limbs and my body. So how do I take notes or how do I remember things or how do I do different things like that? And uh, um, it's like learning how to learn again. And just that ability to be out in public and be comfortable with who you are and, driving around that wheelchair and I mean, I, it making people, making people feel comfortable around you. I mean, I, I remember being in class and there'd be times where, you know, at the time, at the time, this before I had a back lift and pump, you know, I have a lot of spasms and jumping around and shaking oh, okay. and all that different stuff. And there'd be times when I sit in class and my leg would kick up and shake around like this and people would look at me and I'd be like, Oh my God. God, I can move. And, <laughs> and then people in my class would kind of like freak out. I'm like, I'm like, oh no, I'm like, I'm just joking. My foot would be hanging off the wheelchair, and I had to have somebody pick it up and put it back in my 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 uh, foot rest. But um, really, I mean, that first class, that I mean, that was the first step to me getting back in public and doing doing things. Yeah, reclaiming things. reclaiming yeah. your life. Yeah, it really it was. So the next semester after that, I took two more took two more classes, and then I took classes in the, in the um, summer. And the following year, I was back to uh, full load um, for both semesters. So I had, actually ended up graduating in five years with a uh, double major in marketing and information technology, with a awesome. uh, with with a minor in Spanish. So. Uh- I guess continuing kind of on that college discussion, when you came back and, you know, got to be around with all your friends and stuff, was it just different? Did you feel like anyone treated you differently? Were people very understanding? You know, what was kind of just the general consensus of living what I would call the college lifestyle, um, which is, you know, a lot of fun, probably not doing all of the smartest things. Um, How was that affected? 
it wasn't the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was different. I was living at home. Um, I, I did not, you know, I, I do know some quadriplegics that actually went on campus and, um, lived there. Uh, I, uh, I lived at home with my parents, obviously. Um, I need a lot of help. I needed, uh, somebody in the morning to get me up in the morning. I needed somebody to throw me in bed at night. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I do learn to get used to the bowel routine and all that stuff. And, you know, when I first started, it, it was re- me really still understanding my injury too. So while I was going to school, I was also learning about myself and, okay, what totally. can I get back? What am I not going to get back? What, you know, from an injury standpoint, um, why am I going dysreflexic? You know, why am I sweating? You know, um, yeah. What, you know, so I was like, it was like, it was like so much like crammed into those first couple of years, but you know, of me just learning not only school, but, um, my injury and how I need help and how I don't need help and all that different stuff. So it, my college, my college experience was not only book smarts, it was like, it was like quad one oh one, you know, for four years about figuring out what I can and what I can't do. And every injury is so different that, you know, from my right. from what I've seen, it's like it's like some people are good there, some people don't have that problem there. Well, I really was I really was very lucky to um have a physical therapist that I became very close with that would help me out, that would help me do a lot of different um, range of motion, concentration therapy, things like that yeah. at that time. And I had a lot of good friends, um, a lot of good friends that really, um, you know, they would come out and get me, go down to a party. Um, yeah. I go to, I, you know, I, be, I was a huge Marquette basketball fan, um, go out of the market, all the Marquette games. Um, nice. If I went down, if I went down to, uh, school or something like that down a class down there stay afterwards go to somebody's house um it was it was different it was you know scary at first uh all these it's like it's like i'm 19 years old just getting out getting out the life as it is but now i'm 19 years 19 years old getting out as a quadriplegic and you know it's it was it was challenging it was scary um it was it was fun uh, definitely was not the same, but, uh, socially, like I said, I was, I was pretty outgoing in general. And, right. uh, I think it's important to, when you're in this situation is whether you're, if you're outgoing or not outgoing is to get out there and embrace people. Because if you're not, you're not going to go far if you don't have help. And, I, I mm-hmm. needed I needed a lot of help and I needed a lot more help as this as this injury progressed and I wasn't afraid to ask I really was not afraid to ask anybody that is the key I think with anything um, as far as help is concerned is being open and willing to ask is so important for yeah. for anybody in in a place of need and uh, it it kind of takes a hit on your your personal confidence or your own kind of I don't know, like your demeanor, right? Is just like, I just don't want to ask for help, but sometimes there's no other option. And once you've done it once or done it twice, it starts getting easier and um, it just feels more more comfortable, I guess. You know, not only does it get easier, I almost feel like sometimes, it, you know, the more times I ask for help, you know, 
I used to tell a story. It's like, you know, I used to, I used to, you know, as a quadriplegic, you know, I, I go out to a public area or whatever. And I, I'd always try to put my hand forward and, you know, ask for help, you know, reach out and, you know, just ask for help. And you'll be, you're, sometimes you weren't sure we're going to get, we're going to get back. Well, I'd ask for help and I had so many hands, somebody else reaching back saying, how can I help you? What's the best way to do it? And with so many of my friends and so many people that were out there that I dealt with, they were scared. They didn't, they knew me before, but they were uncomfortable. They didn't know how to help me out. They didn't know how to, they didn't know what I needed or what I wanted. Um, it, It took me, it took me to ask that question. It took me to ask them for help to give them confidence to be able to help me out and being willing to help me out. So many people yeah. are being willing to help me out, but if you don't ask a lot of them are just going to shy away. Um, yeah, I, I think that's totally true. I, I can speak from personal experience. I mean, even spending time around Peter Morton yeah. uh, and just, you know, if he needs assistance with something or can you move, you know, I, I feel like I, I probably shouldn't touch anything on his chair. I don't want to like, you know, the last thing I want to do is be the cause of something horrendous. So yeah. I'm scared to, you know, do anything. And so him asking, can you, you know, fix my headset or, or whatever, it's that, that willingness to, to ask yeah. the question, I think is key for, yeah. for people. So, and I, and I, being able to reach out and ask those questions, I made a lot of friends that way too. I made a lot yeah. of friends. Uh, I can only imagine. People that helped me out, you know, it's, you know, my friends, they got me into trouble. You know, I, you know, they. <laughs> I well, that's what good around. friends do. I mean, they got me. Yeah, I've, you know, I have some stories I probably can't repeat on here, but uh, <laughs> that were. All right, we'll do it in the after fun. show. After show it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I just want to harken back to one of the things you mentioned earlier. You you talked about um, kind of that initial coming back to college after the injury. You started kind of working out the injury yourself of like, what am I getting back? What am I not getting back? Um, so I guess my question is, did you feel like you got quite a bit back from, from where the injury began? And are you still to this day experiencing moments in which things are slowly, you know, still working their way back? Or are you kind of plateaued at this point? I was always hoping, you know, I was, I always had these dreams, you know, that yeah. I always had these dreams, you know, like I was going to, I was going to, I was going to walk again. I'm going to get this back and dream that, that that was going to happen. Then I'd have, I'd have hope that this was going to happen. And, you know, I de- you have to definitely have to have hope. And then I was kind of like based in reality. Like, this is what, this is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I had in reality was, okay, let's do the, ther- you have to, you have to do what you, you have to see where you're at right now and see where you're going to go from there. So, I was heavily invested to begin with in physical therapy. I wanted to do the work. I wanted to do the help. You know, I wanted to have the hope and achieve that dream of walking again, the ultimate dream of walking again. Um, right. And what I found out is that, you know, there's so many other like bigger things than walking again, you know, that are small cures that are, that are really amazing that have helped me out over the years. So mm. to begin with, you know, like I, I, I really haven't gained very much movement back. Um, right. I could, I could wiggle my toes a little bit, which was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that's I a big deal. I mean, if you yeah. haven't moved them in a long time, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. I, I can't wiggle them anymore. 
I don't know. Oh. Unless I really stare at them long enough and tell somebody, <laughs> look at them. But I mean, I could wiggle them just a little bit. Maybe I could see it. I'm, I'm, I'm still preparing my life as if, you know, more things are going to come along. Um, and that, you know, physical therapy and working out and keeping yourself in shape and those type of things. I yeah. think, I think, I think are a big thing, not only for, you know, if there's going to be a cure in the future, you know, I'm walking again, or if it's just, it's just a matter, just like anybody else that goes for a run every day, you know, for me to get my standard or for me to, um, have electrodes or something like that, or do my arm bike or arm things or do a ladder, you know, those type of things, that physical activity of trying to, that gaining strength to do something, yeah. um, I think it's huge. I'm, I'm going to kind of switch gears now and jump a little bit more into um, what you've gotten into as a professional. Um, I know you're part owner and project manager at R&R Insurance. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you do for your, your day-to-day and kind well, of how, how you wound up there? Oh, I, I you know... <laughs> One thing I, I guess I wouldn't mind touching on. So a, after after college, um, I, you know, I, I'm lucky to come from a family that uh, has decent influence. My dad started an insurance company, R and R Insurance Services. Um, they, they sell commercial, personal life mm-hmm. benefit insurance. Everybody needs it. I'm not turning this into a commercial, but if you ever need something, let me know. <laughs> but. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, biggest thing, though, that uh, I wanted to go out and do something on my own. I didn't want help from my dad. I wanted to do something except for my family. I didn't want. Yeah. I want. I want to make it on my own. Um, so after college, I uh, ended up getting involved in Goodwill. Um, Goodwill, mm. you know, they sell the. They, you know, it's like you go to a place and buy goods yeah. and stuff like that. You know that stuff. Well, yeah. I, I didn't know at the time, but Goodwill really was all about, you know, helping you, helping people with disabilities, things like that, get back. And at the time, the slogan was, do you believe in the power of work? So I ended up going through Goodwill, and Goodwill helped me get a job at Northwestern Mutual, which is a huge company here in Milwaukee. Yep. And I worked at Northwestern Mutual for about uh, five, six, seven years. Um mm. In the in the IT area, doing programming and things like that, but that's really that's really where I learned how to um, work with my injury and talk with people and things like that and be part of certain things. Um, and I mean that was that was really I mean that was really how I first like cut my teeth per se. And after yeah. that, then I um, decided to come back and let's join the family business. And uh, so now I've now I work with my brother my 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 brother my sister my dad um and uh r and r insurance services where i spend most of my day uh working with producers salespeople, um helping them learn how to do certain things with the crm um mm-hmm. uh, those type of those type of issues um i get out and do a lot of different things publicly with uh my foundation talking um uh, but uh, it's a, it, it, it's fun working. I think working is, is, is definitely a key to a healthy mind. Um, I could not imagine if I was sitting at home every day. Um, yeah. I mean, even during COVID when I was stuck at home, 
I love getting out in public and meeting people and talking to people. And it's, uh, I, it was, it was driving me crazy just being here on the, you know, talking, you yeah. know, just talking to people on zoom all the time. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not, it is not the same. Yeah, it's so, not the same. I so, like, I mean, but, so I guess, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, go so, for it. I mean, but, but working was working was it. What's interesting is working, you know, it, it, as, as I have it, from my, from my beginning, of my injury to, where I am now, what the one thing that's really changed and it will continue to change, which is mm-hmm. always a beneficiary of, of people in my position is technology. I mean, technology right. has evolved so much where, you know, cell phones and iPads and those type of things to begin with, you know, I didn't have a cell phone when I was first. Injured. Right. Um, I didn't have an iPad. Now I go around, wherever I go, I have an iPad on my lap. I mean, I just right. don't leave anywhere. And it has access, accessibility settings that allow you to use it like anybody else. Oh, exactly. And, well, touch face. I mean, uh, voice recognition piece, you know, being able to talk things. When I was first injured, when I they, they introduced me to Dragon Naturally Speaking, it was me talking to the computer saying, hi, my name. And then it get it really? wrong. And then it would get it wrong. And I'd start over again. You know, it was really slow. Wow. Now, obviously, everybody uses voice recognition for everything, you know. But it's like, it's it's great. I mean, just as far as getting around a computer and doing things, um, I mean, that it, it's amazing. From uh, I don't want to say it too loud because I have one in my room, but Alexa, you know. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> I, always call, I always call her Allegra because then good, she doesn't trigger. That's a good, that's a good idea. But I mean. Holy cow! What has that done that done for me in my life? I mean, the the ability to turn my lights on and off, dim them, turn the computer 100%. on, switch switch uh, TV channels, call for help, pay phone calls. I mean, that's a game changer. Holy cow! For somebody in my position, um, totally driving. You know, uh, taking notes, uh, the video recording things at work. Um, I mean, it's it's made me just as effective as any other individual, and I feel like I can do as good a job in my position. I'm not going to be a construction worker, but you know, in my position of dealing with technology and people, I feel like I can do it just as well as anybody else can right now. And in in fact, I think this injury, in some way, has given me advantages dealing with those technologies because I want to know what's the most popular most perfect thing that's going to make me productive most likely make make somebody else more productive talking about your paralysis foundation really kind of how did that come to be um and what what sort of things are you guys doing for events and and really talk a little bit about the foundation itself Uh, the foundation so after i was injured you know obviously the expenses that accumulate with this injury uh can be pretty Mm -hmm. astronomical so uh, the community community really got together that they had a fundraiser that a golf outing believe it or not um and they raised a significant amount of money for some of my expenses and things that i need to do around the house as far as putting ramps in and things like that um the following year they asked do we want to do it again and i said sure but i don't need the money anymore so let's uh, do it for something else so we so we had the fundraiser this group is a group of individuals and we donated all the money we had to the Christopher Reese Paralysis Foundation. And we mm. did that for a couple of years. Um, 
but it felt it was kind of difficult um, having these fundraisers and then giving it to another foundation. And then people wanted their five hundred one c three thing back. So the idea yeah. came: let's let's just start our own foundation and keep doing this golf outing, and we'll do it from there. So you know that's that that's really how it started. And you know our goal was to find a cure for paralysis by supporting the latest research that we can find, and uh, also help people with neurological disorders. So um, really we, we have, um, we give out money for research grants every year, charitable grants every year and scholarships. So, Oh, okay. So we give priority to individuals that, uh, that live in Wisconsin and that are spinal cord injured uh, for such things as uh, ramps or vehicle, vehicle modifications and those type of things. And then mm-hmm. scholarships, a uh, big thing, get back to school. You know, whether right. if you're if you're injured or if you're the child of somebody that's injured. But obviously the research is one of the key things. Um, but we've the foundation really has evolved over the years from this golf outing that, you know, would raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, which is I'm pretty proud of, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's but, awesome. But now we have events throughout the years. Uh, we have a run, rock, roll. Um, that Kittle University helps put on. Um, we have uh, we have a bowling event. We used to have a team challenge. We have a trivia event. Um, it's it's uh, one of the best events is a is a fashion show. Um, oh wow! Where we have um, all the models are in wheelchairs. So that's awesome. They go out. And they go. They scroll the run. They roll the runway and back again and. Um, that's that's an absolute blast. We have a we have a we have another event where an individual does uh has started a uh, kayaking event where we go he goes out and kayaks. He's a quadriplegic and he gets people to come up kayaking with him and we raise money that that way. Uh, really, we have events going on all the time throughout the year and but a lot of times it's it's volunteers that uh, have decided to. They want to make a difference and they want to help out and they believe in the cause and uh, they're doing they're doing the work. Um, right. I've really become a figurehead for uh, a lot of people that are behind me making trying to make a difference. Uh, I'm lucky that way, um, and uh, I'm lucky to come from a family. I'm lucky to come from a community. Uh, I'm lucky to come from a community and have ties throughout the insurance industry as well being in the family business that I am to get that support. Um, so totally. the, B- the BRPF really is, you know, about that dream of walking again, but living in reality today and how can we get that accomplished and uh, the fastest and the most efficient way as possible, but still having a good, good time right now. <laughs> Just one more kind of note on that. The BRPF, I know you guys do these, um, you know, charitable grants and, and scholarships and stuff. But then with all the events that you're hosting, you're raising all this money and you also uh, donate money to research or, or basically fund research, correct? Correct. That's the main hope. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's where we have to invest. I, I, I strongly believe that there's going to be a cure um, in some way, shape, or form. I've, I've, we've already experienced cures already. I mean, in my life right now, you know, there was no such thing as a baclofen pump. I, well, if you call that, um, I call that a semi-cure when somebody came out with that. 
And I don't know. What, I'm, can you go a little more into a what pump? A baclofen pump. So a baclofen? A baclofen pump. So quadriplegics, they're suffering from spasms all the time, right? And yeah. They they shake, they their body moves. For me, my legs would spasm, and I would jump, and my legs and my arms would shoot out, and I couldn't control them. Uh, so I was taking 40 milligrams of baclofen, which is a medication to help control that. And I was oh, taking okay. that I was taking that four times a day, and it make me tired, and Oof. I have to take it because otherwise my I'd be jumping out of my chair and things like that. Well, somebody came up with the idea and said, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's see if we can embed this, what, I don't know, I, it's like the size of a hockey puck, this pump underneath the skin, and put yeah. it in a, it's basically a catheter that threads from that, from that pump into my, into, into my sp- uh, spinal fluid in the back oh. of my neck. So it's all is all it's all in, all internal. So this 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 hockey puck where they put the baclofen in directly now goes to directly into my sp- spinal fluid, and I don't have any of the side effects of the oral medication, and it's a wow. It's a whole lot more. It's a whole lot more potent. Um, right. So well, and it's going straight to the source. It doesn't have to go through. Doesn't get processed by the rest of the body. Correct. To get there. Correct. And they, they, they use these pumps for pain management as well and all of this different stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that was, I mean, that's just, I mean, is that, is that a cure of walking in, moving more, but no, but that was a, from a technology standpoint, that was huge for me. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we, as going back to our, our question about just, you know, the foundation and things like that, we have to invest in our future and basic science and, come up with new ideas, whether, whether, whether a researcher comes up with an idea that, um, sounds way off the wall or whatever, but we're willing, we're, we're willing to invest in it. And if it, if it flops, it flops, but at least we tried it, you know, that's what someone we're looking at. Um, leave no stone unturned. Leave those, you know, some people, you know, I, uh, there's a researcher that we've supported. Um, it's exciting for me because, uh, some of I, I be able to support these researchers is that I get to get involved and hear about some of this stuff. And, you know, I get to meet him and talk to him and, um, it's, it, I get to see what's happening and, um, right. It's, it's just different stuff that's out there. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times it's way over my head. I have, <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, I, I, I can believe that I, I would definitely be in the dark but, for <laughs> a lot of those conversations. But, but I know they're working on it. I know they're they're researching new ideas, and I think that's, I think that's, I think that's essential. Um, to re- you never know what's going to happen, um, what somebody might come across or find out or whatever. Um, and I, I guess that's what I'm most proud about with the foundation is that is that and and where I'm at right now is that we are uncovering new things. We are helping out not only people, but we're giving hope to people that, you know, a cure is possible. There's things out yeah. there. There's people actually out there working on finding a cure for, finding a cure for paralysis. It started with way before Christopher Reeves, but you know, Christopher Reeves was the, was the man, man. He's the one that put this on the, put us really on the forefront of trying to find a cure. And, you know, I'm trying yeah. to do that. There's people out there that are trying to do that. And 
as long as we can keep it in people's face and out there, I think people are willing to help us out and anything can happen. You just never know. Well, I think that about wraps us up. This was an absolutely incredible interview. Um, it's so much fun to talk to you. Uh, you're an incredibly entertaining person. I love your your outlook on things and the way you've uh, you know dealt with this over the years. Um, for everybody watching at home, if you're interested in learning more about BRPF, we're going to have a link down in the description, or you can always just navigate to www.brpf.org. Um, and I... I just I thank you again for for taking the time out and joining us today. Hey, this is an absolute honor. I you know I we modeled our foundation very much after after the, the Peter Moran Foundation. You guys you guys do amazing work, and I'm great to be. I feel I feel honored to be on this, and I feel um, inspired. I really do feel inspired. This is kind of a getting out there and talking. This is a great platform to keep spreading the word. Uh, and anytime I get to go out and tell my story. Uh, to help make a difference. Uh, this is fantastic. And you guys are doing a great job. So, and it, you know what? I think you should be more, uh, maybe we'll put you on some real TV. I think you do a great job, David. <laughs> well, thank you very much. That's yeah. that's too kind, but uh, I really do appreciate it. And uh, we're just, we're excited that we were able to make this happen. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. All right. Fantastic. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye. You too.